everybody and welcome to Lion of the Air Suite Podcast, episode 76. And don't worry, your ears are not deceiving you. Yes, we are doing two episodes within a matter of days. I know, it's, I know it was like a few weeks between 74 and 75, but 76 is coming hot off the heels of episode 75. And that's because, well, well, after the discussion me, Chris and Will had about there being no pressure, about, well, well Chris... Most of all, saying that we'd walk it, everything would be fine. Of course, it wasn't fine. But before we get into all that, joining me tonight again is Mr. Chris Manning. Chris, not coming midway through this time. No, hello, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm mixed emotions. Oh. I don't think I'm quite as fuming as some. But I think my pessimism and uh, Will's pessimism was definitely warranted on the last week's pod. And speaking of it Will. Was. He's also back for his second appearance. Will, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Are you? Uh, not too bad. And also joining us for this special podcast uh, is Mr. Mark Isles. Mark, how is he? Overworked, underpaid. <sighs> Aren't we all? Mm-hmm. Aren't we all? I don't even get a pay. I've got nothing. I'm skinned. Being a uni student is shite. But we go on regardless. And speaking of shite, Bolton Wanderers nil, Bury nil. I feel like we've seen the same match for the last four weeks now against Chesterfield, especially matches against Scunthorpe and uh, bloody hell, the other, who else did we lose 1 0 to? Oldham. Feels like, even though we managed to not lose this one, feels like the same old story of the last few weeks, Mac. Yeah, yeah, it's nervous stuff, isn't it? I, I wonder how much nerves do play a part in it. Uh, I think there's been a lot of kind of anti. Phil Parkinson sentiment hasn't there as far as the, the tactics go, but I, I'm damn sure he doesn't tell the tell the lads to, uh, to to knock it sixty yards every time they get it from the back. It's mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of nerves is coming into play here and people are playing it safe. Um, so yeah, you're right. I think we've had the same game pretty much three times in a row. I think they did okay at Oldham. They adapted to the the conditions and such, but either side of that, pretty average stuff at Scunthorpe and then uh, at home to Bury. Um, you can't really defend the, the performances too much, but that, them are the times we're living in. Absolutely, absolutely. We said on the last podcast, Chris and Will, that James Henry had to start this game, and he didn't, but he came on at the 60th minute mark, and I thought he made the difference, Chris. Obviously, he didn't make too much of a difference because we didn't manage to get the winner, but once he came on, opportunities started coming a lot more freely, didn't they? Certainly did. I, um, I was advocating him coming on at half-time, personally. Yeah, I think he would... You know, Performances warranted a, an immediate change, if not even before half time. It was quite obvious, I thought, after the first 20 minutes, what we needed to, to bring to the game in order to get something out of it. And I was disappointed it took so long to get Henry on, but I was also you know, pleased for Henry and that his performance was so greatly improved from the last time I saw him, uh, making him a, a, an obvious starter, I think, on Saturday. Oh, I think if he doesn't start, I think they could be. I think that could sway a lot of people who are kind of on the fence, middling. I think if Henry doesn't start, if changes aren't made, that could definitely sway opinion negatively, couldn't it, Will? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a big fan of James Henry. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't, and they're very keen on the team staying the same. But as I said last night, I think the the team does need to be changed, whether it's just one or two, or whether it's mass changes. But um, I thought one player that came back and was welcomed was Andrew Taylor. Man, I think man, he did very well at left back, yeah. Um 
brilliant solid performance from him again. I think the only so, mistake uh, he made was he kind of sliced a clearance, mistimed a header, and then got yeah. a full-on Matt Beaver's clearance right in the fucking nose, which I do not envy <laughs> that. I do not envy on that. And um, <laughs> apart from that, he was brilliant. I think I don't think he misplaced a pass. He, he's such no. a calming influence on that side. He was able to get on the ball, actually run forward. He linked, I thought he linked up with Vela very well on numerous occasions. And um, we looked a lot more secure on that side um, for his presence. Would you agree, Mark? Yeah, uh, um, to a degree. Sorry, sorry, was that, was that yeah, sorry. Go on. Or, no, go on, Mark. Yeah, sorry. I apologise. I apologise. I'm butting in there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and yeah, I, I thought they were a bit too narrow. I think throughout throughout Tuesday night, I thought they, there wasn't enough width. Uh, you know, using Taylor more, <laughs> using Marais more, or um, could have just spread the game a little bit more. But I, I thought it was it was all a bit back to front because they, they'd done so well to, to close down the space and. <coughs> The middle of the middle of the park, um, and and Marais, you know, up up until a couple of times first half, but really didn't get much of a chance to, to run at his, his wing back at all. Really didn't didn't get didn't get much space in front of him. Taylor, as you say, didn't really put much of a foot wrong, but I don't think he, he had a lot of the ball. I don't think he really used the width as as good as, as well as they could have done. Um, and that's something they'll have to do at Port Vale because it's a massive pitch. Really? I didn't, I didn't know, but it's, it's interesting because I think there's been a lot of talk about the formation recently and the lack of changing. And I think there has been a change, obviously, but when Medine's playing, we were playing a 3 5 2 with, you know, Alf and Medine with Avello apparently in behind. And now it's more of a 3 4 3, kind of what Wigan played when they were good under Martinez. And it's the combination of Prattley and Vela behind Alf, and it's just. I imagine this is what this formation was on uh, against Oldham as well. It's just not working, is it, Chris? Because I don't know. There's, there's too many. I think there's too many midfielders that we just had. What Derek, Spearing, Prattley, and Vela, and whilst they were playing in different positions, they all kind of got the same. You know, they all mm-hmm. got the same ideas and same kind of tenacity, and that's where yeah. really should have come in. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see where Parkinson's coming from with his tried and tested formation. That is loath to change too often. But I wonder whether he's, you know, it settles up a little bit too negatively against that sort of opposition. Um, I question whether, you know, you, des- you definitely need to, so, you know, semi sort of defensive midfielders. But then again, did Derek Carspear in pat- play particularly defensively? Derek just sort of wandered around a little bit, looking a bit lost. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and Spearing was a bit hamstrung, I thought, by the booking he received. So. I would like to us to have gone back to what I said and to, to take a more of an aggressive stance and to start the game on the front foot as well for once as opposed to being a little bit more reactive, maybe try to be a bit more proactive. But, you know, it, it, the, the game ended up being what it was. We, we started off fairly strongly, um, but it was, took a long time until we had a first shot on goal, which was disappointing. We, we didn't seem to really take the game to them and that's what I was hoping we would do. I think what Mark said earlier, I think people are scared, I think they're nervous. It's understandable. I don't know if any of these players, I extremely doubt it, have ever been in this sort of dominated position. I don't think any of them are used to winning more than fucking one match every three weeks. And so this season must have been quite the shock. And now when it's coming up to it, they haven't managed to get the job done in good time. Now the nerves are setting in. I can imagine it's quite a daunting thing and quite a lot of pressure. But it doesn't doesn't really bode well for next season, and does it? If we get promoted, if they can't handle winning a few games well, in this I guess league, they're more used to yeah. being. If that's what the suggestion than, is. Then, uh, you know, winning runs. It's, it is a strange thing, I think. But like a lot of discussion has been going on about Parkinson's, you know, tactics and his lack of ability to adapt without Medine. And I think it's what I've been saying all season. We've said it on this podcast numerous times about if Medine gets injured, 
with folks, and that is seemingly correct. But what I want to throw, throw it to you, Will, about your your thoughts on kind of Parkinson's yeah. and, like, adaptability. I do want to defend him like a little bit because, as we discussed in quite a lot of detail last uh, last show, Parkinson has adapted quite aptly on about two or three different occasions when he's had to change his formation that he's come up, come up with that started to work. So when Matt Davis came out, he had to change. When Amiobi and Clough were taken away, he had to change. And when, when LaFondra was brought in, again, he had to change again. And now, But the only problem is with each of those occasions, it took a couple of weeks to get things moving. It took a bit of time. And now we don't really have that to adapt to Medine's loss, which is seemingly going to be for the rest of the season. So, is all the criticism he's coming in for valid, or is it? Are we are we expecting too much of someone to you know ring wholesale changes to this team that have played in this way all season? Is it a bit unfair on us to predict some um, expect so much from Parkinson? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I don't think it is Parkinson to blame particularly. Um, like obviously, his team selection it needs altering a little bit, but I don't think his tactics are particularly to blame. I mean, there's not a lot he can do um, in the way of changing it up because we have had such generally a solid team all season. And, you know, why would he change that? But it's getting to the point where we're knowing that we're without Medine, really, potentially for the rest of the season. I mean, we've got to change it. But whether he has an alternative formation or a system in place, I don't know, because it just seems like he's trying to use the same one that he had with Medine mm-hmm. without him. And it's just clearly not working because, as we saw last night, we're just hoofing balls up to Medi- uh, to LaFondra, sorry. I mean, obviously, he's being bullied by two centre-halves, which are both six, <laughs> six foot five, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. impossible for him. So whether that means we now go two up front, whether it, we stick with one, I, I, I just don't know. But I don't think Parkinson can particularly be to blame for that because he's, he's kind of running out of options um, in the way of strikers. I mean, Connor Wilkinson's your only other really target man, but he's not... He's obviously not proved himself at all, really. Um, I would have liked to see Viv play, to be honest, last night, or at least get a few minutes at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, notice he came back onto the bench last night. Um, but really, a little bit needs to change, but I don't think Parkinson's massively to blame for that. It's just when he, what he thinks is right, really. But, yeah. What's, what's your take on it all, Mark? I mean, you know, he's coming for some heavy criticism now. Is it all his fault? Is there much else he can really do? Like, what, what do you think? I, I, I just think that the, the players sometimes have got to be a little bit braver in midfield and, and, and instead of you know getting these 40-yard balls over the top from David or from Wheats or from Beavers, come and get the ball. You know, I mean, Jay Spearman was doing that at Oldham. He was doing it to a degree at Stunthorpe as well, but when the, the space got closed down, all of a sudden it becomes more direct. They've got to find a way around it. And I said about the width before, I don't think they used the width as, as well as they probably could have done um, last night. Um, I, but I, I do, I do think the players just got to be braver. You know, it's, it's, this isn't the manager saying, you know, every time you get the ball, you've got to try and find Alfie's head. That's not. That's there's no way on earth a right-minded manager would ever say that. Um, I, I, you know, we we know that he likes to get the ball forward. We know that he likes to to play off a front man. And I think with with Lafondre, he's hoping that you know he'll, he'll get in off the shoulder and get in behind him. And he did do a couple of times, and the shot that, that hit the bar and, and may or may not have gone over the line was perfect point in, in, in example sort of thing. But um, I think no, you know you've mentioned Henry there. I think talking to him after the game, he was fifty fifty 
about Henry last night. He didn't know what to do. He, he, he thought, you know, I don't want to give out Adam LaFondre yet another strike partner. Let's try and keep some semblance of normality there. So he's, he's gone with, with Vela in, in the number 10 role again. I, I'm not too sure with Vela at that, you know, in that role. I think he's better in the eight, sits, you know, a little bit, little bit deeper, getting more involved, getting on the ball a little bit more. Um, I'd like to see him put James Henry there behind Alfie, a little bit more mobile, does a bit more running, a bit more composed on the ball as well, and and, and it, it gives Josh a, a bit more, um, a bit more to get his get his foot in really, just influence the play a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And Chris, you, obviously you were so positive on last uh, the last show, you were you know almost nonchalantly expecting us to win. So what was your thoughts on you know on the match? What would you change? I guess what do you think of Parky and his team and that? Yeah, it's a hard it's a hard one because he's a you know he's a he can only work what he's got to work with. And obviously in this important time of the season, why wouldn't you revert to what you know and what's been successful for you? It, it makes it makes little sense to change it. I think as much as we might want him to. Um, you know, it, I was had a conversation with the mate the other day. We were talking about the likes of Proctor and whether they might have worked in this formation better than um, Wilkinson has. For example. Yeah, and although Proctor obviously it was fairly fairly disastrous with us. I think that that sort of player with a bit more experience, a bit more about him than Wilkinson or, or Long or Clayton, for, you know, to, to name the other two to, as well, yeah. might have been a better option. But you know, that that ship sailed. But I don't blame Parkinson for for starting and for. Having us shaping up the way that we did because it, it, it makes sense in that sort of context. Um, as I said previously, it would just be a, a bit more of an attacking outlet on things. I would have maybe started the game with um, Henry and Long, perhaps, and stretched the game right from the very start. Um, and I agree with Mark said about the width because I thought Moraes was was it was easily the most dangerous player, the only one really capable of creating anything. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, but there was there was nobody on the end of it. I mean, there was one particular moment in the in the second half right. when. He floated in a beautiful cross, and Prattley, you know, I've only, I've only seen it once in real time, so I apologise to Darren Prattley in advance if I'm incorrect in what I say, but he seemed to duck out of it a little bit where I, I wondered whether you might get someone like Kevin Davies just chucking himself at the ball. Yeah. You know, he might get hurt. Yeah, very, you very well might get hurt, but there's a better chance that you'll score a goal. I thought the um, exact same. It was a great ball, probably the best he'd done all day, yeah. and it was agonising. Yes, definitely, and so I think that the, the comment about nerves and about taking out the easy option is definitely valid. Uh, we saw that on more than one occasion last night. Um, from my own point of view, I you know I had a few mates over at Berry fans. We had a good good time before the game. Looking forward to it. It was my birthday as well. I had it built up for weeks and weeks and weeks in my mind. This is going to be an absolutely brilliant, a, a brilliant sort of experience, uh, a positive one as well for us because we played well despite not getting the results in a couple of games. Um, but yeah, well, it never happened. It was just a, such a, a such a disappointment. Mm. Um, it, it, made, it makes you it makes you wonder about Saturday and then the following Sunday. Does you can only hope that. You know, I'd rather we weren't playing Port Vale or we were playing the, the playing the teams in opposite weeks. That we're playing Peterborough this week with their safety being pretty much assured, and Port Vale the week after with their relegation then being confirmed. I might, I might be more confident going into the two games. Mm. Um, I, I remain confident because I don't think you know, given the last five years we've had to. Sort of expect the worst is just a little bit predictable, and you know why should you live your life that way? Um, so yeah, I still fancy us, Dan. It might be a fool's hope, I still a fool's sort of belief, but I think you've got to be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about Prattley there, and Mark, I want to ask you: since Prattley's come back in, he came back in at the start of our last good uh, kind of run of wins. But I thought I've seen him, you know, in the Chesterfield game and now this game, and 
I've, I've, maybe he's playing at position. Maybe he's. I imagine he's fucking knackered coming back from such a long injury and playing every minute, well, playing most minutes of every game since. But I'm. It's not, he just seems like old, same old Prattley to me. I don't think. And I know you're a, a fan, and I I admire all the effort and the work ethic and whatnot. But I, with so many different midfielders in that team, I don't know what he's added, which others aren't providing. I think he, yeah, when he got into the team, I think adrenaline got him so far. Um, and then you start to catch up a bit with yourself and, and maybe the time out of the team that he spent on the sidelines recovering from the injury might just be catching up with him a little bit. I know he's, he's, he's nursing a bad hamstring and he's he's gone out there and, and done a job when, normally speaking, he'd be out of the team. Um, you know, I think Parkinson just needs those extra legs in midfield and try and, you know, go get get a bit of a, a, an engine in there. And I know he rates him the job he does highly. Um, you know, I think the the ability to play through pain uh, might well be revisited tonight when we're uh, we're talking. Um, it will, I'm sure it will. So uh, yeah, I, I think I think perhaps you know may have run his race now. Uh, if I'm honest, I think you know you can see. It's, it's affecting him a little bit. Um, I think confidence-wise, he's taken a bit of a, a bit of a knock the last couple of games. And I know that um, Parky mentioned that he'd done his hamstring, and he's also got some stitches in the back of his head as well for his troubles from last night. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me at all now for for the weekend at Port Vale if if he doesn't play. Yeah, I think it certainly makes sense. Cause I think while I say I admire the work ethic and what he's done since he's come back in, I just think he's not offering enough creativity creativity wise. I think Henry coming in for him is the right move, and I think. I don't know, Chris, do we change the formation up for Port Vale or does the free at the back stick? I mean, we have to go all out now because one slip up now and it's going to be, it's yeah. going to be costly. So so that just comes back to my point about why why start with that mentality? Why not go and try and put a, put a couple of goals away early on and settle everybody down <clears throat> and then maybe start to enjoy our football for the first time in a few weeks? So I would change the formation and I would certainly start more more attackingly with, with the likes of Long um, and Henry in the team from the start. Probably being injured with his, with his head, um, maybe not a bad thing as it forces that particular change and maybe forces the shape. But I'd definitely like to see Vela drop back a little bit and let Henry take that spot, that number 10 spot. I think that's where he's best suited. Um, and obviously, it sounds like we're not going to have Big Gary back in the team for, for whatever reason, uh, which is a shame. But ultimately, um, I think the, our destiny is in our own hands, and I think if we're the ones that go forward and, and sort of take it, we can do it because we, we've shown that we can start quickly, um, and we just got to just just got to go out there and get it sorted. Mm-hmm. I think the main problem with going to like a more four at the back system is that there's no right back, and I don't. Dorian Davies mm. so well since he returned. He was very good again last night. It's mad seeing him be as good as he was when he first came in. But I don't want to see him at right back and then everything to go to shit. And I think. I know Reese Barber seems kind of lost at the wayside now. Laurie Wilson's obviously out for the rest of the season, it seems. So, is the lack of right back position kind of halting us from going to a more direct four four? Well, four at the back, all out kind of more of attacking formation. Will? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the three at the back it worked at first, obviously because we went on a run of wins. Um, but the four at the back just seems to add a bit more solidity. I mean. At the moment, the defence hasn't really proved to be an issue. I mean, I must say that Thieves and Wheaton did an excellent job of keeping James Vaughan and Tom Pope quiet last night. Um, I think that has to be commended. But um, I think a lot of people have mentioned today that we've kind of set up not to concede, but it's meant that we haven't then gone to score either. Yep. So whether that means that, like Chris said before, we need to use the wings a lot more 
Um, and whether that means, you know, you introduce out-and-out wingers rather than wing-backs, maybe. I don't know, but I thought the two wing-backs did do very well last night, but it's just whether that's then part of the changes, you know, whether you play Henry out wide or whether, as Mark said, you put him in the number 10 role, whether you introduce Clayton out wide even. I mean, I know Mark said that he didn't know why Clayton was out. Do you get an answer as to why he wasn't on the bench last night? Was he just out of favour? Yeah, he was, he was changed to ready to go. He just wasn't in the 18. Uh, right, okay. just, just to add to your point there, Will, I think Karachan will be in as well at Port Vale. I can't forget it, Karachan. Yeah, yeah. I see him giving a And a lot of people say that he out time deserved a start. I mean, Spearing did well last night up until, obviously, that yellow card. But, um, you know, maybe even for Prattley, if he can't make it. I mean, Derek Derek had a strong first half, but then the yeah, second I half when he... thought he was kind of... Just I mean, he misplaced a few passes in the second half and then Parky obviously just decided that was enough and it went was, straight off. It was like one thirty second um, second yeah. of play when he misplaced about three passes in a row without even looking, just hitting hope. And, yeah. the fan, and that was when the fans were really starting to get buggy. And then, yeah, you know, he, he, took, he, he changed it immediately, didn't he, obviously. Mm-hmm. So whether Karakan then comes in as a 6-8 role or whatever or, and then you bring Henry in further forward, but then where does Vela go? Well, I'm Obviously, say, I, think... I reckon mm-hmm. this is this is what I'd say. I'd say, and this might be going a bit too gonko. I'd say Karakan and uh, Spearing in the midfield, the two, with Henry on the left, Vela behind Lafondra and Moray set wide, and I reckon he could well do the Davita right back thing because even though I'm scared of it, I thought for a lot of the match when Moray was going forward, Davita kind of filled in at right back anyway. And he, he did a fair enough job there. I think his reading of the game recently has been very good. And he didn't look out of sorts. So I could potentially. I hope. Because that, that, I think I think that will just get the fans up as well. Like seeing that he's kind of learned from the obvious mistakes of the last few weeks. And he's now kind of going for it. I think that could kind of set the right tone. And hopefully, as Chris says, make us go out kind of all guns firing. I think all guns blazing. He mixed, mixed up my metaphors there. Um Obviously, that's how we used to play at the start of the season in games against Bristol and things like that where we'd score goals early and then shut up shop. So I could definitely see us reverting back to that. Mm. I mean, four at the back seems to be, you know, a reasonable assumption because um, the beat could play right back quite easily, I think. I mean, he's done very well since he's come in, particularly in this league. I mean, I didn't particularly rate him in the Championship, but for what he's kind of done as a, as a filling job this season. He's been very good, so I can't really fault that. And, yeah, I would play him at, at right-back and then Taylor at left-back. Um, but I think we do need some out-and-out wide players to, to help the deliveries. Yeah. Um, because we can't, agree. we can't keep hoofing it straight through the middle because even though we've got a solid spine like in the centre-backs and centre-mids, we don't have the big we don't have the big target man, which obviously takes on to the point of big Gary Medine. Oh, since you've segued to it so wonderfully, I think we may as well discuss it. Mark, do you want to kind of explain it, I think, for the lovely listeners? I mean, it's a it's a weird old situation, it seems. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange one, really. It's it's, it's certainly the first time I've come across something like this, really, since covering Wanderers. you got a player that's obviously picked up a, a shoulder injury at Southend. Um, a lot made of the fact that he's, you know, Bolton have struggled when he's been out of the team. I think it's something like 10 games now and four points that they've taken from 10 games. And the only win um, him was against Grimsby, or at least the games that he didn't start. Blackpool and, Blackpool and the Cup as, 
in the in the Shaka Khan trophy over it's called. Ah, okay. Um yeah, so nothing of any relevance. Um and you know there's there's nobody else as well in the team that we've I think we've covered that with you know, Wilkinson as a a vague replacement, but you know he's out on his own. I think his 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 worth to the team is has doubled almost overnight. You know, with the fact that there's there's no prop to there to challenge him. Um, and you know he's he's got this shoulder injury. I, I gather there's some ligament damage there. Um, we we understand he's he's seen a specialist. He's been given the okay to go back training. Phil Parkinson said they've been a setback last week. And yet yeah, on Tuesday night we we come to. The, Conclusion: We ask, you know, what's what's happening with Gary Medin, and, and and Phil says, well, you know, he, he's going to have to play through the pain. Um, you know, it, it's the first time I've I've heard a manager come out and say, you know, <laughs> it's his decision as such. It's got it's down to the player whether he comes back and plays. It's um, it's an interesting move um, to to go out and sort of publicly challenge him, but I think it's the right one really because you know you know what shoulder injuries are like. They can take a, a, a long time to come out. And maybe, you know, I don't know if there's injections or strapping or, you know, I'm, I'm not that medically inclined to know, but maybe there are ways and means of, of, of improving it for yourself and, and going out there and scoring a goal that's going to double his value in the transfer market in the in the summer. Because that's, you know, that's a big thing for Gary now. And I can understand his reluctance if, if he doesn't want to get damaged or anything like that because he's going to be a free, a free agent and, you know, it's his livelihood. I totally understand that, but... I tell you what, if he scores a couple of goals to uh, to send Bolton Wanderers up, well, he, he could virtually charge what he wants. I think that would. I think the point is, if he does come back now and puts in the type of performances that get us over the line, then despite everything that's gone before it, despite any criticism, any apt criticism, anything, any complaints, he'll probably go down as, God forbid, a hero or at least a cult hero of some degree at Bolton Wanderers. But I mean, Will, you saw Big Gary on the game yesterday. I did. Yeah, I mean, just before kickoff, he was down on the bench meeting a couple of fans, and I went down and spoke to him, got a picture with him, and then just said, "Are you back for Saturday?" And the direct quote was no. Um, so he didn't obviously then give an additional explanation to that, and I'm not going to make it up obviously. So literally, all he said was no. So whether that's for medical reasons or whether it's just purely personal choice, maybe I, I, I genuinely don't know. Coy for a fan, maybe it's a per- like a question. They're not. They shouldn't. They're not allowed to answer to fans. Well, way. maybe. I mean, he said no, and then as he walked down the steps, he turned around and then reiterated no again. Oh, so yeah. it seemed like quite a solid thing. But um, I mean, it seems ridiculous, really, when you think about it. That when without him, we can't win. You know, in any other situation, that sounds ridiculous. But going off the stats, it's literally in the situation that we're in, and he is, I think, going to have to play through the pain, whether it is Saturday or at least Peterborough. To prove that he's, he's worth at least another 12 months contract, maybe, or just to get us up, really. I'd be stunned if, in the current predicament, a bigger club than us would come in for him. So I just, I, I also understand his own situation where he doesn't want to be fucked for the whole summer and then no club comes in for him at all and then you're out of a pay pocket. But, Chris, what's your take on the whole scenario? <clears throat> Yeah, I think you just summed it up well there, didn't you? Um, between you guys, it's 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 a funny one because whilst other players have probably played through injury worse than that, um, a shoulder one's a difficult one because, like you say, being out of contract, it gives him a decision to make, and the fact that the club have you know very sensibly not offering contracts to anyone until they know what league they're in 
who's to say that he doesn't have a, an offer on the table already? It's a difficult one. So I understand where he's coming from. Obviously, I'd rather he, he took the choice that benefited Bolton. But I was going to ask Mark a question about that. There's been a couple of bits and pieces this season with Medine, obviously, with um, Sheffield United being most notable. Do you think there's something in his character that attracts that or, or the way that he carries himself? Or do you think it's maybe psychological in that he, he seeks that sort of conflict out almost? It's, I just It just seems odd, like a bit of a sort of why always me kind of approach to things yeah. with him. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good shout, really. The Palacelli example's quite a good one. He, there is a, a certain immaturity about Gary Medine, and, and that's not a criticism. He just, you know, he is, 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 he, is a young lad. Um, I know he's, he's 28, but he's, he's still, uh, you know, a lad. Um, you know, he's been through a lot. I think Bolton offered him a chance, a, a, a very good chance, considering, you know, where he was at in the summer that, that Lenny brought him in. Um, a very big club, and I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's there's something that he owes to Bolton still, a, a little bit. Maybe maybe I'm being a bit uh, a bit harsh on him, but I just feel like he does. If there's any chance of him getting back, he does. Maybe just owe, owe the club one just to to put in a couple of games. You know, whether he's on the bench to throw on or what have you, um, because you know he has rebuilt a reputation. I think people have, have seen. The, you know, a good side to Gary Medine in the last four or five months. I think he, he took time to win over his doubters again um, at Bolton, and there were plenty of those after relegation. Um, you know, there were plenty of people that went to see him out the door at the start of the season, and yet the, the kind of the legends built as the, the, the season's gone on. Parky's style has suited him fantastically, and I think he's, he's got some good football out of him, and I'm sure that, you know, if he's, if he's looking for options and if he can prove his... You know himself just that little bit more maybe at Bolton. I think he will have options, whether it be at League One level or whether he's looking at sort of a lower end of the Championship. I think he will. And you know, he's he's also, you know, he's he's a popular lad as well at Bolton. I don't think he's looking to go anywhere. By the way, I think he would like to be able to get a decent deal on the table at Bolton. And if if they can push into the Championship, then he's got you know a lot stronger hand to play. Yeah, hundred percent. But I just don't think. We've seen him again this year, and it's quite worrying, especially with you know all the evidence that we have of his, you know, of how ineffective we are without him. It's, it's a shame if only Parkinson could kind of adapt to that. But as we've said, according to great detail, it's hard to do it at this stage of the season, and it's just not as easy as getting the team of players in such a nervous kind of state of mind to change the way they play. But it's certainly a certainly a strange predicament. But before we move on from Bury, um, was there any particularly poor slash good performances you saw on on the night that's worth a shout out, Chris? I don't think anybody was particularly poor. It was just a, a you know a, a sort of toothless performance, really. Um, likes of Lafondra, I thought, and Marais, I thought they both ran themselves into the ground Fellow as well. I thought Fellow. Yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned as I mentioned. Yeah, I mentioned as much in my Man of the Match report on the website now. Um, and I've never seen Lafondra jump as much as well. He was, he was doing all he possibly could to, to aid, the, aid the cause. He, he did, he did, he did quite well in there as well. He did, but he was against... He was. Um, their number five, especially, was a fucking mountain. And he was very good there, number five. And he was doing yeah. his best, but whenever he won anything, there was nobody there. I thought um, Pope was quite did quite well in the first half. He gave Beavers something to think about. He uh, he reminded me of Kevin Davies a little bit in the way that he was wrestling with Mark Beavers, and it was quite an even contest that. 
Uh, obviously, he went off in the second half, which was a bit of an odd one. Uh, but no, I don't think anyone was particularly poor. I know I said about Derek maybe disappointed a little bit, but he had moments in the game too where he, he did well. So it wasn't a complete write-off. It's just one of those nights, I think, where we, if we'd have carried on playing until now, we still wouldn't have scored. Mm-hmm. I bet you will. Um, no, I don't think anyone was particularly poor. I mean, uh, as Chris just said, you know, Lafonja did quite well considering his his pretty helpless position. I mean, it, in the first five minutes, he seemed to be a target for Barry of just snap him. Get him out of the game, you know. Oh, yeah. um, him at first. oh I, I thought he was injured on the first one, the way he went down. But um, it, no, it just looked like they were trying their best to get him out of the game. Um, as I say, no one was particularly poor. Again, just that 30 seconds from Derek, you know, proved enough for Parkinson, t- took him straight off, which was fair enough, you know, because we couldn't then have that um, that weak link and we couldn't afford that at, the, at that point. Um Bella, I thought, tried his hardest, you know, a lot of sprints, um, you know, trying to catch up with the defence, um, pressurise. Um, Prattley, mm, I'm kind of, I'm not really sure on Prattley, because obviously when he first came back in, he was brilliant. Um, we won six straight, I think, with him, but obviously, as Mark said, his injury's catching up with him a little bit, probably. Um, but I thought it was a bit sad that I don't think Long would have got on had Prattley not been injured because he just didn't he hadn't been warming up and I, I just couldn't see Parkinson bringing him on fair, Long and, did absolutely sweet FA when he did come on so no I mean he did um, he did nothing but I think he would have been an asset like for him to bring on perhaps at the same time as Henry or if not at half time mm-hmm. um, because obviously Alf was struggling as much as he then did at the crossbar and whether it went in or not remains to be seen uh, but we can't do anything about that now we just have to push on and hope for the best at Port Vale mm-hmm. I think for me, I think I do think Derek and Spearing. I think Spearing, whilst he did all the hard work, he ran about a lot. He fucking went in some great tackles. But I thought his and Derek's passing, particularly, were both very slack. And as you say, Mark, that kind of lack of getting a foot on the ball in the midfield and lack of options did lead to a lot of aimless uh, high balls from the defenders. But elsewhere, as I've already said, I've already sung Andy Taylor's praises. I thought he was my man of the match. I thought he did very well. But David Wheater, again, probably a shoo-in for player of the year at this point. I just thought he was very good. I think he surprised me a lot with his fucking pace. A couple of times he had to cover so much, so many yards. And he did it surprisingly fast. And Christ alive, if that if that volley had gone in, I think, pff, Christ, <laughs> that would have been quite something. But yeah, was there any particular performances, poor or good, do you want to shout out, Mark? I don't, I don't know, I don't think it was any outstanding performances. The same kind of Warriors did what they, they do quite regularly, but um, especially Alfie, I will say that, you know, he did run his, uh, his tabs off um, for, for very little reward. But one player that hasn't been mentioned there is uh, Mark Howard, whose, whose distribution, I think, has been quite poor. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I think his kicking's been Jesus. been pretty poor. And it surprises me. I'm not, with, you know, he's. I, I do. I do think he's a decent keeper. I don't think there's a great deal between him and, and Anik. But um, just the last couple of games, I don't know what's happened. It, it, yeah, you know, one of his, his chief weapons, that sort of early kick and the, the pinpoint accuracy he used to be able to deliver, seems to have just uh, gone off the boil a little bit. So even even at the start of the season, his kicks were a bit wayward. You know, they could either go straight over everyone or straight mm. out for a throw in. I mean, mm. the, the Oldham game was the worst part. Just. I think probably the wind and the pitch and what have you, but when I, I yeah, think yeah. In, the, in my five things, but I just said, you know, how he's got a chance to prove that it, it was is not that bad, you know, with the good conditions. I mean, the pitch was amazing last night, um, and the weather was fine. But Howard again struggled to 
distribute well. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not much we can do. I mean, I asked Chris the other day um, on Facebook, what do you think about Jake Turner? I mean, the lad's playing for England under-18s, and mm. I, I know he's trying to get playing experience head in there um, with Howard, but I do believe he deserves a chance. I mean, whether that's whether he waits until Peterborough for that, you know, should we have gone up by that point or what? But I think I think Jake Turner deserves a chance. Does anyone else think the same? I think if we if we were to seal things against uh, Port Vale, I think you could argue it would be worth a go against Peterborough, most definitely. Mm. When else is he going to get a chance? And we've already read the stories of the team sniffing around him. So, mm. you know, if we can hold him hold him to, to the club a little bit more closely by giving him his first de- his debut, yeah. it's going to listen as in good yeah. step going forward. I think he should play against Peterborough, I think. I think at this stage, especially if it isn't sorted, then that would be a certainly risky thing to do. And if Parkinson did it, You'd get oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not advocating that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't think that that sort of environment's the right time to throw somebody in for the <coughs> Rob Hall. Uh, that's the, the right time to put somebody <laughs> in like that. You know, it, it can backfire quite as easily. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's a it's an interesting point. He's obviously got a lot of cal- um, good caliber, and hopefully he does stick around and we get to see more of him next season. But I agree with Mark on Mark Howard's kicking. I think some, I've never seen a keeper kick the ball so low before so many times there was one point where he kicked it low and like a Bury player wasn't expecting it and he ended up heading it onto Lafondre so it worked out alright in the end but yeah it was, his kicking was poor and he was also very slow like surprisingly slow on getting throws out and stuff from counter like when counter attacking opportunities were on and yeah he, he did stunt us quite a bit and his, yeah, his distribution wasn't good at all but I suppose the question is now Mark and everyone since, since I asked this on uh, the last show but Mark, will we still go up? Will we get the yes. Olympics? Yes, hundred percent. No question. Hundred percent. No question. That's a lot of confidence. That's Chris mm. level confidence. Chris, as you have mm-hmm. you wavered? No, and that's after even after a day at work talking to the the world's most negative Bolton fan who, who works at our place. I've uh, attempted to get him on the site, you know, just to live up to the stereotype. Right. Um, I still, I still think we'll do it. I still think we've got the we've got the um, the chops to get it done. It's just it's just not easy with Bolton, is it? It never is. Never but is. I'm, I'm grateful. I, I, you know, this little bit of drama is is nothing. This is what this is how it always used to be. It always used to be a last minute Larry type efforts, um, and I'm glad to see it. Not 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 everything's changed. I think we'll get a positive result one way or the other against Port Vale. What will happen elsewhere is is not under our control. Um, but either way, I think yeah, the, the Peterborough party's on. I'm scared because I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. We're going to draw against Port Vale. Fleetwood are going to win. And us and Fleetwood are both going to be on the same amount of points going into the last day of the season. And it's going to be shit pantingly fucking nerve wracking. It's going to be horrendous. And as I said on last the last show. Do not trust Bolton in high-pressure situations because we do not have a good history of it in recent years. But Will, what do you think? Because I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I, I'm very scared. I, I think we'll still do it. I mean, it's ours to lose at the end of the day. I mean, from what I've heard, four points people seem to think is enough. But as I said, I'd rather not leave it until the last game of the season. But with Bolton Wanderers, we don't do things simply. So I can see it going to the last day. And I think a draw is probably nearly inevitable against Port Vale, just the way we're playing at the minute, but I can see he's taking it against Peterborough, to be honest. We can only hope, we can all hope, and unless there's anything, any other topics people want to discuss, I think we can move into questions. Is there anything else on anyone's mind? No. Uh, I just want one last little question, just an interesting thing for you guys. Again, talking at work today, I was discussing um, 
the the, the sort of the players that might be able to stay with us for next season out okay. of the current crop. I don't want to step on anyone's toes in terms of uh, of a question coming up, but I could only really stick on Beavers and Vela maybe out of last night's starting eleven, who I think will be guaranteed a place in the team next year, or that you know we probably couldn't do much better than at this minute in time. Just wondering if anybody else has any. Um, Agreements or disagreements I on think, that? Well, I'm not sure. On the, I said there's a question coming up, but I'm not sure on contract situations and the like. But I imagine at the starting eleven, I'd imagine Vela, Wita, Beavers, probably Moraes. He's probably earned another contract. Lafondra. If we could work time, Lafondra. Well, yeah, that is the issue. I think we still have Lafondra, and well, I doubt Spearing because I imagine he's on far too much money. Partly probably because he's on too much money and nobody will be able to buy him off us. So probably will probably still be about. Derek, I don't know if he'll be a starter, but he'll probably still be knocking about. And hopefully Taylor, I'm hoping I'm hoping we do sign Taylor because I think he's been very good. I don't know, if, as we said on the last show, I don't know if he'll do it on the championship, but he deserves a chance if nobody else wants him. And if he's a free, I'm not sure about that. But yeah, Mark, what do you reckon to that? No, I don't think you're too far off. I think just on, on spearing there, I, I think he's... Uh, he's, he's Attitude has been exemplary. I don't think you know they can have a single complaint with the way that he's carried himself and and, and worked uh, this season. So I would imagine, whilst he may well be at the top end of their uh, their budget next season, they will be doing everything they can to keep him at the club. I'm, I'm very sure of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think he needs to be captain next season again, Spearing, because even though Prattley he seems to be quite hard in the middle, you know, he, he controls the team very well. Spearing's got more passion of a player than I've ever seen since Kevin Davis, maybe. You know, I just think that he's, he's someone who just wanted it more than anything last night. Um, I know that yellow card kind of... Celebrated that tackle. Top. I don't even care. That tackle on Barnett. I fucking I know, hate Barnett. That, that tackle's brilliant, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Like, that just, Barnett's got like, history of being a dick against Bolton, his, so I like that. It just sums up his kind of... Persona, I think he's just a brilliant little pit bull in the middle that we have, um, and I hope we will keep him next season. Well, we can only hope. So, moving on to some questions from our adoring public. First up from Fallen Starks seventy six. Uh, why do fans know more than football managers? It was obvious that the team that finished should have started. I can see it. Why can't Parker? Um, yeah, all, all all supporters seem to to know more than. Football managers, don't they? That uh, uh, seems to be a running theme on social media. Um, look, I mean, it's his job. It's his his uh, his prerogative. His his decisions to make. Um, you know, and he'll live and die by them, and and and, and be judged on the results that they get. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't subscribe to the idea that uh, that football. <laughs> Fans know more than uh, football <laughs> managers. There's there's a million and one reasons that they probably don't realise what why he's making the decisions he's making. Um, even I know more things behind the scenes and the reasons he's making certain decisions. Sometimes they're not fit for public use and dissemination. But um, yeah, I think it's it's a lot more complex an exercise than maybe people think who are just mouthing off 140 characters on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think he's definitely talking about you there, Dan. Oh. Definitely talking about you. Um, yeah, no, it's, that's the way it goes. Isn't it? And I was trying to work out whether the question was being sarcastic or whether the question was being literal. Um, I think it's, it's more part of a, and parcel. I part think it's half and half. Like, if it's the, mm. When things seem so obvious to 20,000 people, it can be frustrating. If the and I think that's when you... Reason. 
Yeah, but I think that's when you've got to appreciate then that there's probably something behind the scenes that's making him think that, unless it's you know Coyle or Megson, in which case it's just that they don't know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> I think I think largely, largely Parkinson. There's not he's not done much that you can really say. You know, what the hell was that all about? Um, so I think you've got to sometimes put a bit of faith in the manager. But ultimately, the, the day that a manager comes along where I, I agree with him 100%, will be the day I start following football. To be honest, because that's one of them sort of dogs and cats making friends kind of world-ending sort of scenarios for me. <laughs> it's, it's weird with Parkinson from from my point of view in, in the last few years to find a Bolton manager that I actually don't have many issues with, you know? I mean, there's obviously a few bits and pieces. I'd rather he, did, he was a bit more attacking at times. I'd rather he did certain things differently. But ultimately, he's proven to be, you know, a decent guy, a decent decent manager at this level. Um so ultimately, I don't, I don't really have, have an issue with it. Fans criticising and, and second guessing managers is, will happen until the end of the end of time, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And will? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, just as Chris said, Parkinson, you know, he's not daft, and I, I do appreciate the job he does. You know, he's not a big loud mouth. You know, he just gets his head down and gets on with the job. Um, and I think he's far from tactically inept. Um, I think he can old stuff. He's just not sure what to do in this situation. But um, for me, Henry and Long should have started last night. I think Henry possibly in the middle um, instead of Derek. But I don't know where Long maybe would have come in. I think he's best as a super sub. But um, yeah, arguably, uh, those two should have started. But as far as what we were saying about um, fans no more than managers, I disagree with that. But everyone's got their own opinions. At Danny Bromilo, just without any vowels, asks... How many of the current first teamers are likely to be renewed if we don't go up from a financial standpoint? I think it's more one for Mark. This. Oof, it's a tough one for Mark. That one. Um, there's, there's so much at the moment that's up in the air. Uh, you know, uh, that will only be decided if and when we know. Well, sorry, when rather know what division playing in. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I still think there is some degree of investment that will have to come in if they go into the championship, particularly probably hinging on going into the championship. Um, so, you know, that that will, you know, it will be a completely different ball game at that point in time, the budget, budget-wise. Um, but if they don't, then I think there's going to have to be a lot of rationalisation. It's got to, you know, definitely have to bring the wage uh, bill down a lot um, unless, you know, some white knight comes, uh, comes in. But there's all sorts, isn't there? There's the embargo that needs sorting. Uh, you know that this whole set share situation with with Ken and Dino, which is is, is ongoing. Um, you know, there's, there's a million one things, and it's it's all almost it's, it's almost not entirely dissimilar to the, what's the situation we were in last year. There's not a great deal that's been completely sorted. I know there's been little victories along the way, little sort of debts squared away here and there, but um, it's not it's not completely fixed by any stretch of the imagination. The, the results and what's been going on on the pitch has been a lovely distraction. And it's it's meant that we're not talking about finances every week, but actually some of the big questions are still to be answered. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. Am I right in thinking that? Uh, sorry, one second. Okay. Am I not, am I right in thinking that there's never been a team that's been promoted when they were under embargo? I can't find one, Chris. I, I've, oh. I've tried as well. I've, I've I've asked everybody that I can think of. Uh, the only person I'm, tr- I'm waiting for an answer from is Brownie, because he said. I'm sure he said to me that they came up under an embargo at South End, and I just wanted to double check that. But I don't, I don't think I've certainly not come across one 
Yeah, put it that way. Okay. I know we've sort of, we've sort of, yeah, well, I mean, we're sort of loosely, loosely under an embargo given what's gone on and, and fair play to the Andersons for the way they've managed to wangle that one. I just thought it was, uh, it was an interesting, interesting point. Well, next up from at Onsort Chris Seddon, he asks, if we go up, which positions, including managerial, need strengthening, if any, Chris? Uh, yeah, very interesting, especially the managerial one, because, again, I, I can't ever shake the suspicion that the manager that we've got is a manager for this level. We might have to look to change, even if he, if he makes a good start to the championship. But I hope he, I hope he does stay, because I think he's earned that... Uh, that opportunity. I know our, our sort of famed impatience with managers might not necessarily see him through to Christmas. You never truly know. Um, but yeah, I think Parkinson deserves a chance to stay. Anything else in position-wise? Um, just mainly what I said before, really. I think Beavers and Vela would maybe be my only two that I wouldn't necessarily look to upgrade. But again, like, like Mark said as well, follow, following that, we've, have we got a pot to piss in? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, well, um, I think... We're reasonably good at the moment. I mean, obviously, we're missing a solid right-back. I mean, I know we've got Larry Wilson, but whether he's of championship standard, I don't know. But I think we could do with possibly a solid right-back. If we manage to keep Andy Taylor and uh, LaFondra, I think we're all right for left-back and strikers. Um, possibly another central midfielder. One who did who has caught my eye this season, actually, Stephen Dawson at Scunthorpe. I know he's a captain, but... Um, he's like another Jay Spear and I mean I'd, I'd love to have him in my centre midfield you know a pairing of oh, that good but, um, Bowden at um, Bristol as well I thought Bowden was excellent yeah, yeah Billy Bowden yeah um, obviously James Horn as you said before would be alright but um, I doubt that would happen with us being rivals but um, I think we're alright strength for positions um, manager I rate Parky completely I think even if we well, if we do go up, I think he then deserves a chance to prove what where he can get us in the championship. I think he'd be if the he's just bought us up into embargo. I do. I think with the way we're yeah. playing, we're suiting for a relegation scrap, and that's undoubtedly what a first year in the championship would be. So I think he'd at least so. Like I don't see any evidence as to why, because he's the best. This is the best defence we've had since Sam Allardyce was manager. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think Parker will stay, and he he should do really because he's. Like, like you said, he's just been one of those figures who've kind of been unfoldable this season. And I think the way he's managed the team and just come out and he's put out a, a decent team every week, you know, his team selection's rarely faultable. Um, I know he, we've asked him to change it up a bit recently, but other than that, I think he's the perfect man for the job, really. Mm-hmm. And what do you think, Matt? I'm not sure how we can have a debate about a manager that's got a club up in second place oh, uh, in an embargo, whether he should be there next season. That, that seems a bit bit bizarre to me. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to need quality in the championship, aren't they? The, the thing is, since the last time we were there, it's gone up a level and the, the amount of money that, that players are earning, the amount of money that teams are spending is significantly larger now. Um, you know, the Villas and the Newcastles and the, the Sheffield Wednesdays have, have, have totally... Altered the landscape now with the money that's coming down from owners and Premier Leagues and, and such like. Um, you know, we've got Jordan Rhodes on fifty-five grand a week, and and, and we're complaining about uh, paying Gary Medine seven and a half. So it, it's it it's a very different ball game, and and it's going to matter as matter more what goes on at ballroom level this summer than necessarily what goes on in the transfer market. Um, Mark, have you heard anything about this whispered Chinese? 
deal that's on the table. I know, sorry to throw this at you without uh, any forewarning, but just a whisper that was doing the rounds online earlier on today. There's there's a there's a there's a lot. I mean, I mean, the, the digital bank lot of obviously set up shop now in in the Macron, and there are a lot of people coming and going. Um, you know, delegations from China, people visiting. Uh, so you know, to keep track on it is is difficult. There's a lot of nods, a lot of winks whenever you ask about investment and, and are you talking about people. I, I, I'm, I'll I'm, be very, very surprised if it doesn't hinge on going up into the championship because, you know, any, anybody who looks at the, the infrastructure and the stuff that the club have got and the fact that they're one step away from the, the, the riches of the Premier League, I think it'd be a very good investment at that point in time, but only at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, can, I just, can I just throw something at you, Mark, quickly? I, I, yeah. I heard a couple of months ago... Um, the thing with Macron, have we, have we still got them next season? Have they still got the, the stadium rights and everything? Yeah, I, I mean, it was a bit of a fluid situation the last time I asked about it, but it's, it's, a, it's a little while ago. They, they certainly met them over the kits, and uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's got 12 months left to run the stadium naming rights. It has been under review, but right. as far as, as I'm aware at this moment, it's still in place. Right, okay, thanks for that. Super White Smurf, our own Ian Firth, asks, and I think somewhat ironically, should Weeter or Beavers play up front from the start? Mark, I know he oh, feels... Ian. Oh, Ian. I think... Ian, I, know, Ian. I know you've got opinions bollocks, on this. Bollocks, bollocks, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Bolton have a priors. Matt Mills against Liverpool up front. That went well. That was a disaster. <laughs> Well, Emil Heskey played centre half. How did that go? <laughs> uh, <laughs> why, why did we never play Paul Warriors up front? That always bothered me. We never gave him a chance. <laughs> it, it's crazy that you think, in arguably the two most important games in you know years and years, that you would want to put David Weeter or I'm sure it's tongue in cheeky and the the, the the Mark Beavers thing, but you know. Yes, for five minutes. Yes, for ten minutes. And and Weeds has got a great touch on him. I mean, you saw that volley the other night. You know, he's 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 no mug around the penalty box. He's got seven goals already this season. But movement wise, and you know, just just the technique is just no, 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 no. I guess. It's Why do you think it didn't happen in the last five minutes of last night's game, Mark? Um, because I, I, actually, I meant to make this point earlier. Completely forgot. Parky didn't want to gamble. He didn't want to lose the point. Is the is the answer? I, I, I think he lost the point, and he he, mm. he regretted at Oldham going for broke, for going for that win, and putting on three attacking substitutes, and that ended up costing him. And he, and he said it after the game. He sort of re- regretted doing that. So it, it was always going to be a question of how much is he going to gamble and how how many is he going to make. So I think if he was going for broke, you'd have seen Solomon Otterball come on. And really trying to stretch it, or, or you know, because Berry was sitting too far back to bring Longy on, so there was no space really in behind there. They were sat on the edge of the penalty box. There was no real point in bringing Chris Long on, in my personal opinion. But maybe to get a bit more width. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, I understand. I'm guessing. I think he, the reason is he wanted to keep. Well, okay. I'm guessing it's a resounding no from everyone else as well. Yeah. I mean, last five, ten minutes, yeah, but no. 
I mean, I could make a joke about an immovable stump playing up front all season, but I'm, I'm bigger than that, so I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> At Down the Money Road asks, are Bolton fans an especially negative breed, Chris? Oh, yeah, without question, the absolute worst in the world, mate. Worst supporters in the world. <laughs> Simple answer. <laughs> What do you think? Me, inclu- me, me included. You're me the definitely. You're a positive bastard on the fucking world, Chris, at the minute. Yeah, aye, that's, that's the drugs, mate. Oh, aye, oh, aye. <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Oh, God. You get, you get moaning minis everywhere, really. I used to cover Mac Town and, and think there can't be anywhere else in the world as miserable as this for, you know, a, a team of the size of Macclesfield Town who had got promotion from what was league. League two to League one, and you're thinking, how, how can it possibly be better than this? How are people possibly moaning about this? And yet, people still did. Uh, I think just every every club has them, and uh, you know, there's there's plenty of them at Bolton, and they're certainly not shy of voicing their opinion. I can tell you that. I I, I can imagine you're right at the forefront of that. Uh, what do you think, Will? Are we? Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly the same as Mark. I think everyone's got uh, a, a minority of fans who were always like that. I mean. There are a considerable few at the Wanderers, but um, no, I think everyone's got them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Our own Cult of Wilson at, do you think we're at risk of losing Alf signing on a permanent deal if we don't start playing to his strengths, Mark? No. No. I, I, um, Alf will, will dig in. You know, he'll, he'll carry on going. That's the way he is, I think. Um because I think he knows that one of those chances is going to drop drop for him in the next couple of games and he's going to be the hero again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I genuinely do. I mean, he's hit the bar twice in the last two games. I mean, you know, six inches. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I still, I still don't know for definite, but it does look like it. Um, yeah, he'll be fine. I mean, you know, interestingly, I spoke to him a, a few weeks back and said, you know, what, what's, your, what's your feelings on it? And, and he said, you know, I'd love to stay. You know, the club have been fantastic with me. We've got this rapport with the fans. You know, everything is, everything's there if a deal can be done. And it was all the all the way through the, the, the business of the, the, the interview. And I thought, well, well, yeah, there's still something to be sorted because I think he can command a fee, you know, in terms of a, a contract. He'll be, you know, valuable property next in the summer, rather. I'm personally, I'm pretty confident. I just say he likes. He's pretty obviously likes it here. He's got like a relationship with the fans. The fans love him. Have reacted so well to his return. I, I think I'm pretty certain. Well, I'm pretty certain he'll be staying. And as he said, I think he will retire at Bolton. Uh, at Johnny Eccles, he asks if Gary Medine is to leave in the summer and Parky plays the same uh, same uh, style next season, who should replace him, Chris? Oh Christ. Um... I don't know. Who's a good target, man? No I thought, um, yeah, exactly. Neither do I. I. Don't know anything. Don't know anything. Let's go for somebody maybe dropping down from the Premier League, some young buck of, uh, of a decent height. I always quite like that Smith guy that's playing for QPR at the minute when he played Tommy for Smith. Leeds. I think Matt, he did. Was it Mark Smith? Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Matt Smith. I always thought he was all right. I don't know how he's done at QPR this season, but uh, that's the sort of man I'd be thinking of. Maybe someone with a lot, a bit of. Bit something to prove, you know, like when we signed Lafondre in the first place, but uh, one that's four, one that's four inches taller. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Will? Do you know of any? Um, no, I was going to say. I mean, Chris and James Vaughan before. I mean, he's not massive, but he's he's definitely an improving goal scorer. Um, but other than that, I think Matt Smith's a good shout. Um, I know Rudy Gustav's dropping down. I mean, that is wages must be extortionate, but. 
think that's punching above our weight, I think, a little bit. I, I think Middles, Middlesbrough signed him for next season to play in the Championship, I think, didn't they, about right. anything else? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you know of any lower league target men who do a job? Because I, I know none. <laughs> I was always uh, surprised they didn't get Hansen in the end. I was going to say Hansen because he was very good for against us when we played Sheffield United the other week. Yeah, I'd be interested. I mean, obviously, he's got he goes back with with Parky, um, and, and, he, and he's still racing. There's, there's there's a few knocking around. I mean, they, I, I think Parkinson at the moment is 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 very much um, keeping his his options open. He, he hasn't got a clue what he's got to spend because I don't think any anybody's even broached the idea of budgets yet. So um, I think they'll be they'll be covering all their bases um, at the moment, and I, I do think. The kind of the influences they've got now with the, the ownership that the, the the target is not necessarily going to be English, not not lower league signings or, or Premier League youngsters. I think you're going to be looking far and wide in Europe. The conversation that um, that we had with Lee Anderson that day that, that Liam and I went and met the, at the club along with a couple of other blog uh, blog sites indicated very much the same. There was talk on the day about link ups with Portuguese clubs about giving mm-hmm. them giving their kids a shot window to play for Bolton in the Championship to maybe see if we could uh, generate some sort of um, sell-on for them, you know, which I think would, would mm. benefit us. Obviously, we're not looking at... I had hope that we're not going to take in the, the sort of Ruchinias of this world. They're never going to amount to anything, you know. And uh, he, they, were, they were talking as well about um, that Tammy Abraham as well. That yeah. It was, it was, between, it was yeah. between us and us and Bristol City. So that's the sort of player I'd expect us to be going for, a, a, a sort of... You know what's his name at Chelsea, like Solanke and that is Isaiah mm. Brown. People, people like that. You know, they not necessarily household names, but people who come with a bit of a pedigree and, and able to to make a name for themselves and benefit their parent club. And I think that's where we can make a, an equivalent move to when we had uh, Sturridge and Wilshire back in the day, but just at a, a slightly more sort of home bargains type level. Yeah, I was going to say I I had an odd one. Um, you'll probably disapprove with it, but I mean, I went to watch Ackerton Stanley. Uh, oh, on Tuesday, um, <laughs> Billy Key he plays up front for them. I mean, you can imagine their standard of play; it's just constant hoof ball. But he's only about as tall as Alf. But he managed to knock down absolutely everything and knock it straight on. But I just thought he's brilliant. I mean, you, no, it's probably unrealistic because obviously we're looking above us. But I thought he did remarkably well for that standard. But <laughs> nobody's nobody's said that I can. Nobody said I can Fenway yet. If we're looking for a target man, <laughs> and there's a good reason for that because he's not. <laughs> We could get that Reed guy from uh, Lincoln, the big fucking Matt Reed. shit house. Yeah, that's the one. He 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 was a fucking he was a battering ram of sorts. Um, Matt- there was a story going around. So, sorry, Dan. Ben, one, one final one to Matt. There was a story in the uh, January that they wanted to they were having a look at Taylor at Wimbledon. Do you know if there's anything in that? He has been mentioned actually. Yeah, more from kind of ownership side than than Parky. But I, I think there are uh, just to kind of broach both both questions. I think there there are two kind of shortlists going on because you know both the Anderson lads are extremely well connected, um, and and they you know they tap certain ponds that maybe are not as, as traditional, let's say, uh, as as the, the kind of more traditional route that the Parking Tim Breaker is chief scouts using. So I, I think it could be good for for Bolton and and but I think. There's always going to be a marriage between players that have been brought in because of the owners' contacts and, and the ones that they wanted, and also the ones that Phil Parkinson wanted. And I think we've had this discussion maybe about Adam Lafondre not necessarily at the time, 
being a hundred percent a Parkinson signing, mm-hmm. more one that was put there and said, you know, do you want him? And it ended up being a yes, and I think it's worked out. But I think there'll be a lot of that next 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 summer. I think it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how it works between uh, all the all the the options he's got and and which path he feels is going to be the correct one and the, the way he wants to play. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's certainly going to be an interesting summer no matter what happens. But if the unthinkable happens, Matt, and we do not go up via the automatics or do not go at all, how, catast- how catastrophic will staying in League One be financially and I know we touched on it a little bit, but financially and, you know, all the deals and things that the Andersons are trying to set up. And does Parkinson survive <clears> not <throat> us not going up after having a ten pretty much a ten point advantage, seven point advantage with five games to go? Does he survive? I, I don't I don't think there's any question that he'd survive that. Just, I don't think you, you can possibly ask a manager to play in a, a transfer and bag with the entire year, do as well as they've done, and, and then you know, knife them in the back. That that would take a, a very interesting decision indeed. Um, you know, it's difficult. I mean, it's going to be worth about six million quid in terms of the central funding, the sponsorship and everything, promotion, if they get there. If not, then there's all sorts. The Blue Marble stuff has got to be sorted. Um, they'll have to find some way of refinancing that without that kind of uh, cash flow. Um, they'll have to find a way of bringing fans in because whilst the numbers have been very, very good, would that be the same again with another you know, 12 months down the line, the same sort of novelty about the you know, the, 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 the teams they're playing, etc.? Um, I'm not sure there would be. It'd be a tough task, a hell of a tough task to to get it pumped up again and and, and to go again at this level. I think. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I, I agree fully. I think a lot of it, a lot of the excitement from this year has come from renewing old rivalries, Rochdale and Bury, and so on. And the Championship next year doesn't have that same attraction. I think you know, should Wigan and Blackburn go down, as it seems they might, I think that only leaves Preston as a as a sort of local rival, which you know is, is one thing. It's not really a a famed historic rivalry to get the blood pumping. Um, I, I, I hope that they that they manage to keep everything in as they have because the the, the sort of feel good factor winning winning football matches it's a it's a ridiculously novel novel feeling for us over the last sort of four or five years. And I'd hate to think that and it harks back a little bit to the point I made about Parkinson earlier that we'd see you know a, a, a slow start like a Dougie Friedman no winning ten sort of thing to see Parkinson get get potted as a result. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's hard. I think we, we've got no choice but to get promoted if we want to be anything other than a yo-yo club. But the, although with the landscape changing, with the signings that other Championship clubs are making, like Newcastle spending fifty-five, fifty-five million quid, um, granted they they recouped a lot of that as well. But how are we meant to compete with that with our band, the ragbag, ragtag band of bloody free transfers and loans? It's it's going to be it's going to be virtually impossible, and and I I find it hard to envisage anything other than a season of, of sort of manful struggle. Um, should we go up? But hey, yeah, you know it's never been easy for Bolton, has it ever? Mm-hmm. And your thoughts, Will? Yeah, I completely agree with Chris on that. Really. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Chris, do you have any questions? Uh, well, just shall I read them off the Twitter. I do want to say myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, at that time, I wasn't, I wasn't due to join you, boys. So yeah, feel free to read them out, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll listen to the way that you enunciate and see if it, it matches the, the same nuance that I and I uh, tried to put in. Well, Mark, do you think the current mob have it in them to survive in the championship, or do you expect major changes? Also, do you think Parky has the chops to be a good manager in the championship? Will he have to change his style well a bit to cope? 
end quote. Perfect, that done. Perfect. Oh, Absolutely perfect. That was, that was very good delivery, yeah. Um, I'll take the second one first with Parky. I think you, I think his, his record in championships fairly average, isn't it? I think he had a, a season-ish at Hull. Um, and, and then with Colchester, I don't think he ever did manage in the championship. He might have gone straight to Hull from there. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got something to prove, hasn't he? At the, the, the sort of second-tier level. I don't think he can get away with being quite as direct as they are now. I, I think there's going to have to be a bit more to it. Um there's going to have to be more pace in the team. There's no question about that because I think if we found out anything last season in all the the dirge that we watched, it's that uh, you know Wanderers were were running in quicksand at times. You know the pace is very much part of the game at Championship level, um, and certainly hasn't been in League One. Um, so I think he's 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 got a lot of of, of rebuilding to do. Um, Segwaying to the first question they've got to find a lot more quality and they've got to find money to find that quality. And I think uh, he said about the strikers before, you know, signing Adam LaFondra, but it's not just LaFondra. I think they're going to need two or three of that caliber player options, different options, whether it be a target man like Medine or indeed Gary Medine. I think you're going to need another one of that quality and plus, you know, another bit more pace as well up front. Somebody permanent signs, you forget how many loans we've got in this team at the moment. You know, I would like to see a, a more solid base, personally. So, unless anyone has got any more questions, Chris, Will? Uh, no, no, no. Um, just a quick one about Viv. Um, I, I wrote an article on him the other day just saying I think he deserves a chance. Obviously, mm. Park signed him in January. He hasn't had much of a look in because he's wanted to keep the same team. Do you think there's a chance that he'll be kept on next season? Because, I mean, when he came on at Bradford, he just looked to change the game for him and Henry. And I just thought that he definitely deserves a chance next season. What are the chances of that, do you think? Um, I'd, I'd say they're outside chances. You know, he's, I think he was, I mean, he was signed... Point, yeah, just saying that he Parkin made a lot of signings like mm. in both summer and in January, and a lot of them have actually gone out off on loan or they've just not made the squad week in, week out. Mm. And it just begs the question, you know, was he happy with the signings he's made or does he regret them or... What, what do you think? Now, I, I think he, he made that signing at, at the time they were kind of trans, they were transitioning from the four two three one to the the three five two, and I don't think there's anywhere really to stick Solomon Ottobor in a three five two. So he's he's paid the price for that. I know I know Birmingham wanted him played down the middle a lot, um, uh, which I, I don't think you could, but that's what they did want. That's why they loaned him out because uh, I think Bolton thought that they could play him down the middle when they got him. Um, he's been a bit unlucky. I, I think there's, there's something about him. He's got he's got something. I would have liked to have seen him on that left hand side of, of the four two three one. Yeah. But if you haven't got the tools to play it, it's it's unfortunate. You know, you, you just mm. you fall by the wayside a little bit, don't you? Um, yeah. I, I do think he will regret signing him as in as much as he probably let Proctor go to get him in. Yeah. And I think down the line now, they probably would have rather have kept somebody who could have fit in from in the Medine role rather than having somebody who sat on the bench. And I know based on last night as well, obviously you said Clayton just didn't make it. And I know he wasn't Parky signing, but do, do, do you think he rates him enough to then keep him on another season, or do you think he'll be off in June as well? I, I, it's very difficult. I mean, I, he, he hasn't taken his chances, I'll say that. Yeah. 
He hasn't, and, and, and it pains me to say that because I, I think Max is a fantastic lad, but I yeah. think he, he, he might benefit from a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the only thing that might work in Clayton's favour is uh, I, I can't imagine he's the most expensive player we've got on our books. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, it's, and, and strength in depth is everything. We haven't really got a very strong bench, um, and I, you know, I wonder whether Clayton will get another twelve months just based on that on, on the economics of it alone. I think if he can keep fit, then yeah, he'll probably get another contract. But let's hope so. Mm-hmm. Well. On that note, everyone, that has been Line of Street episode 76. Thank you very much for joining us. Hope you've taken some... I hope you feel lighter. I hope you feel a bit more positive about yourselves after our... I think the four of us... I think the four of us were rather positive in... You know, we were, we were measured. I think it was pretty good. Um, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Obrosky. You can follow Chris on Twitter, at 19manning83. You can follow Mark on Twitter, at Mark Isles. And Will, I have forgotten your Twitter, so please tell the world... It- it's just Will J with a one. There you go. Go and follow us all. Of course, you can follow us all at Line of ASD, apart from Mark, who you can also get on at the Bolton News or the BN. Do you want to hit him up, Mark? No, they know where I am. Of course, the Bolton News. You know it. You know it. <laughs> so you can get us all on well, us free at lineofvsuite.com for all the articles and whatnot. And, well, there's nothing else to say. It's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Goodbye. Say goodbye. One day. One day. No. <laughs> goodbye, Will. Fuck this. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mark. I'm just going to say goodbye. I want to get invited ah, back. Come on. Come on. Goodbye, Mark. I'm going to have to think of a new outro because just fucking vandals. Just goodbye from me, Sarah.